Okay, good morning everyone. When you come take your seat, you can bring your drink with you if you've got a hot drink. You bring it with you if you've got a cold drink, I guess. Good to see you. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you. Um, just to say, yes, this is a new jumper I'm wearing, and um, you look good. Is anyone else wearing new clothes today, new jumpers? Some, yeah, some of us, yeah. I think you look really good, actually. And uh, thank you, thank you for reciprocating. Um, we're going to get straight on this morning. We're going to be in the book of Numbers. This is a one-off Sunday, and we're going to be looking at an ancient blessing that God uh, has given for his people to hear, and it's recorded in the book of Numbers. It's Numbers 6, and we're going to start in verse 22. So if you want to follow, please do, otherwise it will come up on the screen. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Okay, so in just a few moments' time, Sarah, Adrian and I are going to give testimony about how God has blessed us in this last year in some of the ways that are described in the three lines of that blessing and how we're looking to him for this coming year. And the reason why we're going to do that is because it's good to hear how God is at work in different people's lives because the blessing is for you too. And so we're going to share some of that story. But before we do that, I just want to take 10 minutes to give us a brief introduction to this ancient blessing recorded in the book of Numbers. And the first thing, I just want to say, blessings are powerful. There's power in blessing. Pronouncing blessing from God is a powerful thing. That's why the Lord commands the priests to do it. God's people need to hear the blessing of God out loud and crystal clear. It needs to be unmissable. Amongst all the other voices that we hear around us or inside, we need more than ever to hear the voice of God. God's blessing, spoken. And yet the power of blessings is somewhat lost in our culture. I mean, in this time in the calendar, we'll often say things like, Happy New Year to each other, kind of pronouncing that, but it's kind of just a nice greeting, really. And sometimes we'll say good luck to someone if they're about to go for an interview or to an exam, which really is kind of saying, well, you're on your own, I hope it goes okay. Um, and sometimes we'll say things like, you know, we see a cute baby and say, bless her cotton socks, which really doesn't mean anything, because you're not even blessing her, you're blessing her socks. I mean, we, we kind of lost something of that. And actually, for those of you who are with us on Remembrance Sunday, we had um, David Devonish with us who, who spoke to us about the power of blessing, the power of God's blessing. And he said that blessing has power and substance, and David explained that it, it's almost physical in the Bible. It's like when, when God's blessing comes, it's something that you carry with you. It's like a possession. To be blessed is of great significance. 
And to be blessed by God is to put yourself in his hands to receive what he freely gives. So you don't determine the terms of the blessing. It's not, uh, give me this, give me that. And it's not bargaining, I'll do this, you do that. Rather, it's, Lord, I put my life in your hands, have your way. Knowing that God's way is gracious and compassionate and that he always is seeking our good. And so David Devonish quoted Bruce Wilkinson, who explains that when we ask for God's blessing, we are not crying out for more of what we can get by ourselves. We are crying out for the wonderful, unlimited goodness that only God has the power to know about and to give us. Really, receiving the blessing of God is about saying, I haven't got the resources within myself. I can't do this. I need you. I put myself in your hands. To receive the blessing of God is a powerful thing. And in this particular blessing, the blessing is attached to the very name of God. (coughs) Throughout history, this blessing has been spoken over the people of God week after week after week. In fact, throughout the world now, thousands of churches will, will, will hear this blessing every week as they gather. It's a uniquely powerful blessing because it's associated with the very name of God. So in verse 27, it says, So they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. These words carry the name of God. They convey who he is for his people. On the 9th of June, 2007, I married Becca, and we spoke words over each other, and in some strange way, the words that I spoke had my name attached to it because Becca went from being Rebecca Ann Clements to being Rebecca Ann Blaber, which is a slightly funny name, but it was the one that I had to give. So, <laughs> um, And with my name came all that was mine, which again wasn't an awful lot, to be honest, at that moment in time. I had no great riches and no great kudos, but nonetheless... What was mine was hers, and what was hers was mine. But here, the Lord speaks a blessing over his gathered people, to which is attached his name. And this blessing is in the Bible, which is God's everlasting word, so that it can continue to be spoken over the gathered people of God wherever they are, including us. So this is for you. And the blessing carries his name. And his name carries all that is his. So when we receive to ourselves the name of God, the name fully revealed in Christ, who is Lord and God and Savior, by taking on his name, we are his, Christians known by his name. And all that is his, he shares with us. His sonship, his acceptance, his peace, his righteousness, his hope, his life, the eternal love of God. And what is ours, he takes to himself, including our sin, my fear, my anxiety, our struggle, our failures, our flesh, our body, our talents, our possessions. What's mine is his, what's his is mine. And this is for you. You see, the blessing has a community context. The priests are commanded to speak it over all the people. And yet there is application for every individual. 
Raymond Brown, in his commentary, explains that though the blessing is to all the people, the words of each line of the benediction are singular in their form. The Lord bless you and keep you. So Brown explains, no one need feel lost in the vast crowd. With such a deliberate, repeated emphasis on the personal nature of these blessings, these travelers had no reason to doubt the concern of a loving God for each one of them. This priestly blessing carries the very name of God and it's coming to you. And its foundation is set on the faithfulness of God and his action on our behalf. Can you see that? This is about his commitment and his movement towards us. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It's all his movement to us, his work for us, his faithfulness. Our role is just to receive what he freely gives, to put ourselves in his hands, receive his blessing. So how do we carry the blessing of God's name, finally? Well, finally, this blessing, which carries the name of God, is a threefold blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Glenn Scrivener says that the Lord is the fountain and the foundation of all blessing. It is our Father who blesses and keeps, and he desires to do so. Imagine how comforting this would have been for the Israelites as they are hearing this spoken over them as they wander through the desert. All around them is hostile, and yet they have the protection of Almighty God, the Lord blessing them and keeping them. We have a good, good Father from whom every good and perfect gift comes. He wants to bless us, and he is able to keep us whatever struggles or fears or trials might come even this year. Secondly, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. God's great blessing to you is the gift of his son. And Jesus is the face of God. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the shining revelation of God. And in him, we receive grace upon grace. All of God's gracious gifts are found in him. The Bible says, in him is every spiritual blessing. He's given. The Lord make his face, the Lord Jesus, shine upon you. And finally, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. It is the Spirit of God who ministers the peace of God to us so that we can know it by experience. He, he ministers peace to the fretful. He ministers rest to the restless, wholeness to the broken. Do you feel fretful? Do you have times when you feel restless? Good news, the gift of God is for you. And the Spirit seeks to minister that to us. How? By leading us ever to Jesus so that the peace of God which surpasses understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit is forever wanting to turn our eyes away from self and to Jesus so that in seeing him we might receive from outside of ourselves what God freely gives. Peace that's all found in Christ Jesus. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This threefold blessing 
carries the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, Paul has a threefold blessing. At the end of his book to Corinthians, the second letter, Corinthians were troubled people, and he says to them, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. That's for us to receive the name of God over us. And that's to be taken into every area of life. So we're going to hear now about what it looks like to live with the name of God blessing us as we go into different areas of life. Sarah. So I thought I'd start by looking in a little bit more detail at the word bless and the word keep. Because sometimes when you look at it in its original form, you get a little bit more of the meaning, like the fullness of what's meant by that word. And so the word bless actually comes from the Hebrew word barak. And barak means to kneel down in front of someone and give them a gift. And so we get this lovely image of Father God stooping down, kneeling down to be with us and to give us gifts and promises and things that will take us through life. Um, I just love that picture of the fatherhood of God, that actually um, the almighty God who created everything would kneel down and give us gifts. What a lovely image. And so I find that a really empowering bit of this scripture that sometimes we might feel like we haven't got what it takes. Uh, We haven't got the words to say. We're not equipped for situations that we find ourselves in. But this image of Father God stooping down, kneeling down with us is really powerful. Um, It reminds me of what Paul says in Ephesians 3 verse 20. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. It's like his power in us enables us to do it far more than we could imagine because he kneels down with us in situations. So going on to the word keep, the word keep is a Hebrew word shamar, and that means to hedge around or protect. So the Israelites would build uh, walls around their flocks and they'd put um, thorny branches into those walls so that it would protect them against any predators. And so this is like an image of what Father God does to us. He builds a wall around us. He puts his arms around us and embraces us, and he keeps us really safe. Um, Just reminds me of the psalm, actually, that Vince was singing before. I will lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And so this image of God just watching over us all the time, looking after us, protecting us, hedging us in. Um, And it reminds us also that Father God actually is almighty, that he is the omnipotent God, that he can do everything, that nothing is too difficult for him. And so he's totally able to protect us and to look after us in any situation that we find ourselves in. And so we don't need to fear so looking back over 2018, I've, I would say that the um, significant thing about my journey that year has been walking through difficult situations with um, some of my family and some of my friends. And I've definitely found that God has been with me in that. You know, sometimes you find yourself in situations you think, I just don't know what to say. I don't have anything to give. I've never been in this situation before. 
Um, and I've really felt that at those times when I've felt like that, that God has really met me and given me ideas about what to say, what gifts to give somebody maybe, somewhere I could bless them. Um, and even when I've prayed with people, I felt like God has maybe sometimes given me significant words that I can pray over a person that I feel is really what God is saying to that person. And I felt that immensely helpful. And I feel like that is God giving me those gifts in that moment that God is blessing me, giving me what I haven't got naturally, but helping me through in those situations. Uh, so moving into 2019, I'd really like to grow in that. I'd really like to feel more that I'm speaking God's words to people. And I think that will come out of relationship with God, just spending more time in his presence, listening to his voice, just leaning into him. And then I think my biggest challenge of 2018 has been something I constantly have to deal with, and that's um, fear. I've got a massive fear of standing in front of people. <laughs> Here I am again. <laughs> so I think 2018 has been filled with me. Uh, stepping out and standing up and doing things that I find is really not my comfortable place. I am not at all somebody who would be out in the limelight, you know, never volunteer for anything. I'd always be hiding in the background. But I did feel God really challenged me on this. And, as, and so I feel like it's God behind me stepping forward and doing things. And so last year I did a, a lot more kind of hosting at the front on a Sunday. And it's always been a scary place. But in that God's saying that he keeps me, I feel like the fear has never been so crippling that I've not been able to do it. And as I step out in it, I'm actually far less fearful now than I was last year in it. So it's a journey. And I guess what I'd say in that is that, you know, sometimes God, God wants us to live by faith. And sometimes the very things that God wants us to do are the things that we're really scared of doing. And, and maybe you're sitting there thinking that, you feel challenged to go into something, but fear is holding you back. And I would say, just go for it. Just be obedient. If you think God is saying, do it, there's a real blessing in just being obedient and moving forward. And so for me in 2019, um, I just plan to be obedient to God. That's it really. I think fear isn't going to stop me doing things. Um, it hasn't in the last year and it's not going to be moving forward. I've got lots of goals for the next year, loads and loads, and I'm not going to share them with you because you'll be here all day. <laughs> but I do think that fear is not going to hold me back, that God is going to bless me and keep me this year. Happy New Year. Uh, I didn't know if we'd all do that after Mike said that's just a weird greeting, um, but it, I do hope we have a happy new year, whatever it, life brings. I think for me, this time last year, I wasn't actually here when we gathered for our first Sunday because I'd started the year not how I'd planned. I started the year actually on an ECG machine where um, I'd found throughout the Christmas break through the pace of what I'd lived life like for the previous year, it caught up on me and had these continuous heart, heart palpitations that were causing me to think, man, what is going on here? And let it go for about a week. And after a week, my wife, who's very wise, kind of turned to me. Lucy said, I think you should probably go to the doctor because I don't think you're going to live like this. I just remember going to the doctor. They took it a bit more seriously. And it wasn't anything. But as I was sat having this ECG done, age 43, which I felt was probably not where I thought I'd be at age 43, um, I thought, do you know what? I don't think it's going to be like this. And I felt God say to me, you need to learn to live with pace 
And this coming year is to be all about that. And it isn't just for you, it's for us as a body of family, Oasis. And that's been kind of our journey, I think, over the last year. And I want to come back to that in a moment, because I think when we look at this next part of the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, I think it has everything to do with how we live with pace. Because I can honestly say that at that point, when I felt God say, we're to live with pace, I thought that then meant that the coming year would be a bit of an easier year. That what pace looked like is life gets a bit easier so you can jog and maybe walk a bit. And so that's what I was looking for. However, what I've discovered is that isn't necessarily what God had in store and what therefore pace looked like. Rather, what I found is life was as full on in terms of demands, uh, in terms of work pressure and demands in respect to kind of what I'm involved in. In actual fact, some of those things increased over the last year. I've also lived with death. Uh, and so I kind of feel like it's only a bit bleak, isn't it? That I live with three significant deaths in an eight-month period. And when you live like that, you suddenly think, oh, this isn't what I quite thought it would be. However, within it, what I've discovered is that that first part of what we said pace would be like is actually pace means that you live with Jesus as your vision, as your eyeline, rather than your circumstances. And in the first part of this kind of blessing, it says, the Lord make his face shine on you. In it, what I've discovered is, as Will and Emily are discovering, just as the sun is blinding through this light, if you all sit, just so everyone knows, if you sit in those two chairs, you will always get blinded. It's just the deal. I will never sit there. I've learned that. I'm never going to sit there. Um, but they haven't yet. Um, but the deal is this, that God, through Jesus, his face is always seeking to shine on us. It isn't that it's a question he may do it. It's that he always is. Jesus came to earth in order that we know that God is for us and not against us. He desires for us to live in the knowledge of his love towards us. And therefore, the question isn't, is God's face going to be before me? And his face is his way of saying that I am for you. My goodness is towards you. It's rather, am I going to choose daily to turn my face to his? And what I've discovered over this last year is my invitation daily is, am I going to turn to face my circumstances or am I going to turn to face Jesus? And that doesn't mean the circumstances get any easier. Actually, it just means that I know that he's with me in it. It means that actually within those moments, I get to know his goodness his love, his comfort, his understanding, and his mercy. And I tell you what, that means way more than sometimes the circumstances changing. See, what I've discovered is that his face shines brighter when it gets darker. There's been many moments in the last 12 months where I thought, man, is it going to get any darker? And in those moments, as it's dark, I suddenly realize, Jesus, how amazing you are. How you illuminate my life with your care and attention. And my hope is that that would be something that would become true for us. My hope is that we can hear this and say, maybe this year we want to keep saying that daily we're going to receive that invitation to allow the light of who Jesus is to illuminate our lives. 
And I don't know what that means for you. I don't know if it is. And this struck me just in worship that when Jesus revealed himself after his resurrection, he appears to his friends in a locked room. And first of all, he says, peace to you. Then he reveals who he is. And he reveals who he is through his scars. And that strikes me so much that Jesus doesn't, in his resurrected body, isn't all polished and perfect. Actually, he is perfect in terms of holiness, but he also wears his scars. In order that we can understand, he's one who is familiar with suffering, who truly understands, but also who can truly restore. And I wonder that for some of us this coming year, how Jesus wants to illuminate our lives is that we stop living with wounds and allow ourselves to know healing in order that we can live with scars. So I love that song by, that we sang of Matt Redman. I, I, I think we've only ever sung it once ever before in Oasis. And I love it how it talks about how we come and we praise God with our scars. If you think this life is going to be one where you can get through polished and kind of even better skin condition in the end, then you've, you've been sold a complete lie. I promise you there are many moments that take hits and punches and cause us wounds, either through things other people do to us or decisions that we make. But I promise you this, the, the promise is this, that wounds aren't the end of the story, scars are. And scars promise Jesus' restoration. And so I think for some of us, it's that that is what God wants to do. He wants to illuminate and bless us through bringing restoration. But I also think for many of us, the invitation then is to allow his light to illuminate our lives daily, regardless of circumstances. And my prayer is that we would allow that to happen. But there's a second part to this. It then says, and be gracious to you. Dallas Willard says this about grace. So it's God doing in us and for us what we could not do ourselves. It's God doing in us and for us what we could not do ourselves. We can never find peace with him. Yes, that's true. But it's also, we can't actually do life without him. I think my significant other lesson of this year has been this. I can't do it. That's it. I can't do it. There have been many moments, particularly over the last three months, where I've just thought, I can't do this, and yet, God, you can. I think it's been a daily invitation to drink every morning of his grace. And his grace is everything that I need in, inwardly and outwardly in order that I can be everything I'm meant to be of revealing who Jesus is to everyone else I come into contact with. And in Philippians 2, it says, Paul says this weird thing. He says, I've poured myself out like a drink offering. And I've often thought, what does that look like? And I think I've started to taste it. And I think it's different to what I expected, but it is good. It's this way of living where daily you receive enough in order that you can pour out all of who you are to others. And I can honestly say, over the last three months, I've literally lived every day, at the end of the day, thinking, God, I have nothing left to give. I've poured it out. I've poured it out to show mercy, comfort, forgiveness to others. And then the next morning, God pours in again through his grace in order that I can then spend the day not thinking, eh, it's all mine, some kind of weird Lord of the Ring thing. It's so precious. No, no. God pours his grace in in order that we can pour it out. 
And I think the danger of a blessing is this, that we think the blessing is I receive. That's not a blessing. The blessing is I receive in order that I can give. Grace is I never could have done this, and yet God, you provide everything for me in order that I can be everything for others. And my prayer is this year, and I don't know what you're facing, and for some of us, I think, man, but it's just taking what I could to be here. God understands that. And that you pouring yourself out is literally just being present. But for many of us, I wonder whether the invitation of adventure this year is daily coming and saying, God, give me everything I need in order that I can pour out everything that I am to others. And I promise you, at the end of the day, when you feel like, man, I've got nothing left, God says, oh, that's okay, because I have an abundant resource, and I can pour more in, in order that tomorrow you can pour out. So, there you go, Mike. Yeah. Excellent. We are blessed in order to be a blessing. It's always the flow, down and out. Um, we can't give what we haven't received. We receive so we can give. And actually, um, this has been a story for me this, this last year, and I'm trusting God for that to be the case in the coming year. One of my um, great struggles in life is my mind. My mind has a tendency towards overanalyzing things and tying itself up in knots at times. Um, and so the experience of peace of mind can sometimes feel a bit elusive. It comes and it goes. And that has been a battle for me, really, through my life. And yet this year I've known something of an increased breakthrough in that. It's an ongoing journey, just like Sarah shared. But it's a journey of grace upon grace. Um, my natural tendency and assumption is that peace equals being in control. Um, peace equals perfectly being able to explain the past. Peace equals knowing the future. Peace equals minimizing risk, okay? risk management. Um, and peace equals being able to understand everything. Okay? So, my sinful tendency is, I, is to think, believe, I can work myself into peace. And it never works. Never works. That kind of curving inward to try and find it within myself, whereas the truth is, blessing is received from outside of myself, not from within. But there's been a greater sense of breakthrough by increasingly taking my eyes off of myself and onto Jesus, I found the Spirit has ministered to me by showing me more and more of who Jesus is. Um, as Paul says to the Corinthians, it's about the Spirit shining in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He's the one whose face turns towards us. And so peace is not drummed up from within. It's not arrived at by my thinking power or my feeling power. It's received from outside of myself. I don't feel or think my way into it. I receive it. And that's happened increasingly for me this year. What's that looked like? Well, it's looked like being transformed by the renewing of my mind and continuing to be, which is what Paul talks about in his letter to the Romans. 
For me, it's so important that I fill my mind with truth that can continue to reorientate my mind off of myself and onto Jesus. So that's looked like um, taking in some books which have really helped me by showing me more of who Jesus is such that I trust him more, I want him more, I love him more, I rest in him more. Um, so two books I'll mention is there's a book um, written by someone called Fleming Rutledge called The Crucifixion, Understanding the Death of Jesus Christ. And it's caused me to understand more of the wonder of the gift that God's given us in the gift of his son poured out on the cross. Um, it, it's wonderful. Every angle you look at it, you think, this is amazing. It's God's work on our behalf. We haven't done it, he's done it. And another book would be a very different book called The Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren, which is looking at how we get formed by the habits of our everyday life. And so as we build in certain habits, they over time keep forming us in one direction or another. And she helps us to see how we can be formed by the truth of God as it works into our everyday routines, like a liturgy. So that's been one of the ways, and I guess a follow-up to that is that one of the ways in which God's ministered to me is by helping me to develop habits of exchange. So as I said, my natural tendency would be to think, I need to work this out myself, I need to pull myself out of this. Whereas the truth is, I'm invited to continue to receive God's work on my behalf so that from receiving I can then pour out to others. And so I've learned to keep when I have moments of fear or anxiety or thoughts come in which produce a certain reaction, rather than trying to chase it away and following it down the rabbit hole, I'm giving it to Jesus more and more in that moment, telling him what I feel, telling him what's going on, and saying, Lord, I give you my fear, I receive your perfect love that casts out all fear. Lord, I give you my anxiety, I receive your peace. I give you my restlessness, I receive your finished work on my behalf. Um, I, I, I give you my tendency to strive and I receive your Sabbath. It's done. And it's building that in. And often that brings a great sense of peace as the Spirit ministers to me. And then an hour later, I'm feeling a bit uptight maybe again, and so I do it again. And it's building in that habit. And that's become a wonderful um, exchange, a wonderful joy really. It's been a breakthrough in that this year. And I'm learning that that can be brought into every area of life so that what I lack, God freely gives. So when I'm parenting my kids and I feel like I've not got any patience left, then rather than trying to drum it up from within, I give that to God. God, I've, got not, I've not got anything. I, I receive your grace that I might show grace. And sometimes I Sometimes that works, sometimes I feel like, okay, I need to receive your forgiveness so I can now go and show some grace. Um, in church life, Lord, I have no wisdom for who I'm here with now, but you have wisdom, would you give me wisdom? In, in medicine, I'm on a Wednesday looking after people with terminal illnesses, again, in hospital. Um, I need God's grace for that. I can't do that by myself. I'm applying my medical knowledge, yes, but I need God's grace to be able to minister to this person because I know he wants to bless them. Blessed to be a blessing. Or one of the different areas of my life is that I'm involved with teaching at the university. And actually, by God's grace, um, we've been doing a new initiative to, um, to, to help cultivate well-being amongst junior doctors because there's a real crisis of well-being there. 
And as I've received something of the grace of God, it's been an opportunity to deposit that and to, to give out to others, blessed in order to be a blessing. And um, I need God for that. I can't do that by myself. In fact, I also need team, and God's given teams that we can do it together. And so in this way, there's been an increasing experience of the Lord's face turning towards me to give me peace. And I feel like Paul saying, not that I've already got there, um, but what I do do is press on to take hold of that for which the Lord has taken hold of me. He's taken hold of me. I know that all I need is Jesus. I can't do it. He's taken hold of me, so I'm going to keep taking hold of him because he's already taken hold of me. So my confidence is in his faithfulness, and that enables me to continue to be faithful. And that's true for you. Whatever your challenge might be, whatever your struggle might be, what's true for you is the Lord desires to bless you and keep you. The Lord has made his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you. We see it in Christ. Look to him. And the Lord turn his face towards you, or some translations, lift up his countenance towards you, the expression of God to give you peace. It's for you. I wonder how, how you need to take hold of that for this coming year. I wonder what it looks like for you to bring that blessing of God's name into every aspect of your life. It's for you. It's for you. Hear the word of God. The word of God creates what it commands. You don't drum it up. You receive it. It creates what it commands. The Lord says, let there be light, and there was light. The Lord says he'll bless you and keep you. He will bless you and keep you. That's why at the end, in verse 27, it says, so you'll put my name on the people, and I will bless them. I will do it. It's not the priests that do it. It's God that does it. And in 1 Peter 2, it says now of us, who have centered our life on Jesus, that we are a royal priesthood. So what I'd like us to do as we finish is to stand. Can we stand together? And I just wonder, can we get the, um, can we get the full blessing back on the screen, Julia? That would be great at the beginning. Can you maybe turn to the person next to you and speak this over each other? Uh, I know it's a bit of a weird thing to do, but actually there's powerful in speaking this over each other. So I'd like you to speak those words over each other, one at a time, obviously. Don't try and like, you know, out-shout each other. Receive it and give it. Okay, so the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. The Lord turn his face towards you, be gracious to you and give you peace. Okay, have a great rest of the week.